0: Musical Insight from Insightful Musicians This is Hot Air This is the sound of Hot Air folks I'm Mike Borman, Music Writer and General Storyteller for TheRansomNote.com and with me on the show this week is the monumental Loco Dice, and I do not use the word monumental lightly, just listen to the man speak, you cannot fail to be captivated. Now that was a good enough reason in itself just to have him on the show, but there was one issue I really wanted to tackle with Dice, and that is the issue of the mixing of genre. From the very first time I saw him play at Circa Loco at DC10, I could just tell that Dice had a wider musical range than most, and to this day he's never lost his willingness to mix it up a bit. Just look at his most recent album, Underground Sound Suicide, there was some real musical ambition in there and he took a lot of risks, but he caught some serious flack for it, certainly from the house community anyway. So I really could not wait to ask him what he thought about all those haters. Uh, But before we get deep into the discussion, here's some classic dice from when he just burst onto the scene back in 2004, this is City Lights. God I love Talk about is variety in DJing and music and proving the point when I came into the room here you had hip-hop on in the background um, there was actually quite a lot of bad feeling about your album the way you fused hip-hop with it some people didn't get it they didn't like the fact that you worked with gigs for example did that really hurt you?
1: Nah, of course it hurts you. I mean, I'm an artist. You create something in the studio, you put so much love and passion into it and uh, I'm not an ego shooter. So that means I'm not creating sounds or something experimental and I just share it and that's it. I need the reaction by the people. I'm st- still old school homie. I, I produce something, I want to see the reaction of the people. I want to make people happy with my music. I want. I want to uh, do something, change something with my music, uh, trigger emotions. And uh, normally, you know, I don't, I'm not that comment guy or something. But of course, in an album promotion, when something is out, you start to look around. How is the feedback? How, how are people getting it? And um, yeah, it kind of touched me. People were talking about blasphemy and, and all <laughs> kind of bullshit. And, you know, what made, it, it doesn't hurt me. It made me angry and mad in one place because the so-so-called open-minded electronic community is not so open-minded as it called itself, you know. I came from hip-hop and I was looking for electronic beats and my circle just got closed. And finally, after all these years, my circle got closed and I can make the music with my roots. I can combine it and not just having hints into it. Giggs is one of the most respected and one of the greatest artists in the world. Sorry to say that. Uh, Even Drake is a pop artist, call him now pop artist, cannot mistaken and you see what happened, how he called up Drake on stage and and what's going on, Uh, Giggs on stage and what's going on. And uh, I have to say, well, I got the good nose before and I knew the quality of gigs Mm. and he's a great, great, great person, great personality. And what makes me happy is a hip hop artist coming from the underground, which he is, so open minded to do something with me. And when we met, we were talking exactly about this. He's like, man, we're going to be hated in our scenes. And I'm like, well, I don't give a fuck. And bro, I tell you now, my album might be two years too early, because now it's bumping. Now everybody's talking about it. And um, in, when it came out, the hip-hop scene, they loved it. The pop scene, they loved it. The people who moving things, they loved it. It was just our community, which didn't get it. But at, at the end, a lot of people get it. Don't get me wrong, it's just talking about key hats, those ones who got the Twitter fingers and forum fingers and the guys where you look feedback. So yeah, it was a couple of messages which were really bad, but at the other end I was like, damn, are you that stupid? Don't you know where I'm coming from? Yeah. Did you not see that coming? I mean, to me. Are you not happy that this something (laughs) new is there and not the so-called tech house or techno? What's
0: the point of an album? I mean, why bother making 12 tech house bangers? Why bother? It's our fault sometimes.
1: Also the artist's fault. Because the artist delivers what the people might want to hear sometimes. And lately, I have to say, which big artist is dropping an album lately? Yeah. You know, my brother Sharam did a nice tweet last time saying, hey, people got scared dropping an album because people might misunderstand you or underrate you, put you down. Man, we have to do albums. We have to keep that thing going. Mm. This is our scene. We have to evolve. We can't do the same thing that Laurent Gagné or, or Maurizio or Basic Channel used to do. You have to evolve. You have to evolve. But you have to pay respect to where it comes from and educate and bring it back in kind of forms, you know and not drift away completely, and even you drift away, well, you will come back, because that's that's your music, this is where we live, we like electronic music. I love techno, I yeah. love techno, but I love hip-hop too. And when I see a situation where I can combine it and experiment with it, man, you should pay props for it. If you don't like it, just put it on the side. You might digest it later and understand it better, mm. you know? But yeah, you know, sometimes people are looking very square, and like I said, it, 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 we, need, we need more artists who experiment more. We need more artists to make that fusion. And, and, and when more artists make music and less DJ and just concentrate on their DJ gigs, they do music, maybe the people will understand better then, you know, that mm. they see there is a variety. This is how you started.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah there, yeah, there has to be variety to keep it fresh. I mean, we, we hear enough of the same continuous music in clubs, and it works in clubs, but albums, they're not played in clubs. It's, it's, it's another medium. Uh, some of the tracks on the album reminded me of some of the late 80s, second wave, Chicago... Hip house, people like Bad Boy, Bill, Mickey Oliver, (laughs) I mean, I love that stuff. I love that stuff. Um, Do you, you coming from a hip hop background, did you know about it?
1: I was into, I was an artist, a techno, let's say house artist by that time. And then I discovered, wow, I got this. I got the Jungle Brothers in my my crates. I got inner city. I got all these records. I got this. You call this house? No, we we don't call. This is hip house. This is how yeah. we know. You know, Tyree Cooper. We knew Tyree Cooper. Yeah. We knew Tor Terry. We knew these guys. You know, we know Chad Wax. We know all this. You know, we even knew Booty. We knew we knew DJ Dion. We know we know DJ How much did you Funk. respect?
0: How much did the hip hop community respect them? Mm, they didn't give a fuck yeah. because they didn't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. The hip hop.
1: The hip hop heads. They didn't know. You know, in hip hop you had. You had an underground scene and you had uh, then later a major scene, you know? But never commercial. You never called it commercial. Commercial became only the late 90s when they started to remake all those 80s tracks. Then hip-hop became really commercial. Yeah. But in hip-hop, this word doesn't exist because hip-hop is about, yo, I make a track, I know it's dope, give me my money. (laughs) You know, it's another culture, you know? In techno, you make a track, I know, it. I, uh, I don't know if, if it's dope, I hope you guys like it, <laughs> and let's not talk about money at all, you know what I mean? Everybody's scared in, in electronic music to, to, I don't know, to lose his face, or to lose his standing, or I don't know, there should be a little bit more truth, you know? All, like I said, when I was hip-hop I was listening to all these messages, and all these messages these days are a little bit lost, you know? But you know, I'm not, I'm not giving up, I don't care, I keep going, I keep doing my thing, I'm on a mission. I have to thank the electronic community to open their doors for me when I was a hip-hop kid, even though I had my difficulties. and. Now I'm one of them, and I have to represent. And I have to represent. I'm still representing hip hop. You know, my old crew, my old people, they love me. They still know me. They also used to diss me. Ah, you're doing ecstasy now. We lost you. Now you bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, bong. What is this sound? (laughs) And now they understand, you know. People get older, people get wiser. But the new kids, the new generation, they are on point. They are on point. They get it right away. Because what they want these days, you want to digest. You want something which is cool, funky, which opens your ears. You know? And it might be for you then a record like Get Comfy.
0: Yeah, so you think hip-hop's in a better place now. If it was if, if the commun- if it was o- as open-minded as it is now, you may never have left it. Is that awesome. a fair comment?
1: Now, now look how look the collaborations you got. Look. But I still know that the hip-hop guys, they still didn't find the right producers. I, I said it long time ago. Can you imagine a Dr. Dre sitting together with a Laurent Garnier? Can, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. You know what Them I mean. Two in the can same you room. imagine Just what the, the conversation, music, conversation, what a beautiful as well. <laughs> composing of yeah. music will this be? Can you imagine a Pharrell Williams who's a little bit more freaky or a Timberland hanging with Richie Horton, A.K.A. Plastic Man, in the studio and. both find a way to communicate and do something that would be great we will we will we will find new new sounds new things something completely new without being hip house or hip or techno or whatever could be something different you know and like I said I did something on my album with just blaze when I was sitting with just blaze in the studio (laughs) and he started to punch on those kicks I'm like okay (laughs) <laughs> Where is this going, bro? I, didn't, I had no clue because we both didn't know what we're doing. And I thought it's going to be... I was very open-minded. But I thought it's going to be more hip-hop. And I think he just wanted to let loose the, the, the wild beast in him. And he started with the acid and this and that. And I'm like, wow, okay. Okay, then we add this. Then we add that. Then we add this. And all of a sudden, I'm like listening to the track. And I'm like, yo, bro. <laughs> Where is our signature in this? Oh yeah, we need vocals. Yeah, and then the mop Deep vocals came on. <laughs> the Prodigy vocals came in, sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder why it hasn't happened. My guess would be the layers of management in, on yeah. the house and techno side, yeah, the management talking doesn't... about
1: positioning. Yeah, they don't bring them together and the artists don't get a chance to be together because most of the electronic artists or vice versa, they don't go here or there, but it's more the hip hop guys coming to our parties then the electronic guys go to this. You know, this is how you meet everybody. And I'm the only electronic guy who goes to the hip hop parties. When I'm in Miami or somewhere, I always go to a hip hop jam. I always go and check out my boys, you know, if it's if it's Camillo from from Hot 97 or something, I go and check them out, you know. And Mm -hmm. and and they love us. They want to know so much about it and they all want to do something, but they don't know what I don't know either what, but now we got, Now I, I took all this energy and this inspiration that I got over the years and I was working hard on beats and everything where I think, okay, they might dig this now, you know?
0: The much maligned collaboration with gigs, well, I didn't like it much either. But there are other moments on underground sound suicide where the hip-hop attitude combined with the driving beat really, really hit the spot. Coming in in the background is the collaboration with Blaze that he was just talking about, which is called This One Out. It really feels like it belongs to a different time uh, when people are a lot less judgmental about genre. It's just the unashamed brashness of it that does it for me. <laughs> long enough often enough because i think the average dj set has got shorter than from when (laughs) you started which is better i have to say oh you prefer it shorter these days Ah. it depends
1: it depends lately i don't like to play long sets anymore because i have the feeling that the new generation wants it on point you know what i mean The new generation discover electronic music through festivals. Yeah. Then they come to a DJ that plays eight hours. When you play eight hours, you play different to when you play two hours. Yeah. You understand? And most of those kids, they don't get it. So taking them on the journey, you might lose 30% of the others. Why would we do this? So I think at this time now, let's play shorter sets. There are places where you still can play long, where the crowd totally get it. And then, slowly, slowly, these people will follow you. And slowly, slowly, you play then somewhere, long sets, and then you got them all. Yeah. A lot of DJs these days think they can play 8 hours, 24 hours, 32 hours. Bro, believe me. It's not that easy, you know? And sometimes, I don't know, playing for 50 people, drunk, that's not the beauty of it Mm. the beauty is you really start people come in you have a crowd change but at the end you still have a crowd on the dance floor yeah they made that journey with you and not just you play for only to keep those hours or because you're having a good time with your homies in in the DJ booth you understand it's a beauty of it and for me I never wanted to play that long it happened when I did my space marathon never you, never ever i said i'm doing a marathon i never said i play 16 hours i never did that the, their promotion is their promotion yeah. but you never hear from my channels are going to do this because i'm never sure yeah yeah i don't know yeah I, me playing 20 hours I, I don't know what to play if you ask me now this happens live natural and with the people and then you can do this the only persons who could do this are people with a big repertoire and who are trained on this. People like Danny Tenaglia. yeah. Danny Tenaglia is used to this from day one. Junior, all these guys, Tunnel DJs, Twilo DJs, because it's an old school thing. They start from the beginning till the end. Laurent Gagné the same. Ask Carl Cox if he might do this now. He tells you, nah, I like the energy, man. I like to come three hours and have fun maybe i'll make a break and then later again you know and that's the that's the point you know i'm happy that some djs are doing this but they better do it right because you can mess up the whole thing for the people as mm. well huh? and at the end if it's just consuming and drinking and mm, standing around in the club only for the marathon i don't know if this is so beautiful you know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> that's, uh,
0: that, that, that's pointless you know uh, I'm glad that you mentioned Danny Tanaglia. He is my ultimate hero. And he was quite good to you in the beginning, wasn't he? He Very was one of your fans. He was. So t- he tell me, me a about lot. your relationship with Tanaglia.
1: I was looking up to Danny, still looking up. I mean, nothing changed for me, old school, new school, I don't care. I mean, if somebody earned, makes, makes a mark for me, he will be there a lifetime. Even his sound change or whatever, because I see him the way it is. You know, and Danny was a person i remember when i started in the electronic music um, I, I i heard i heard about him I was collecting his CDs, it was Global Underground back in the days, the series. Global Underground,
0: 27, London. No, 17, no, London.
1: Yeah, when he was wearing the New York, yeah. New York cap, <laughs> Yeah, I attend to one of his first marathons in Miami when everybody was, the second one, when, when, when everybody was with the I Love New York t-shirt, when he brought up this I Love New York t-shirt again uh i was there in new york when he was playing in the dark warehouses and clubs the after the so-called after hours you know when when everything and this happened not even in brooklyn this happened in manhattan you know and um like i said i was looking up to danny tanaglia because danny tanaglia was that dj that gave me the the right access because he was playing house music classic house music he stretched his sound and music, and I don't know how, because back in the days you had no computers or something. So he must have worked on each track as an edit, and that was a Danny Tanaglia edit that never came out, you know? Danny was an entertainer. So for me, who didn't understand, just sitting there and listening to sounds, I need to see something, and he was a great entertainer. If it was with his lamps when he played the percussions on them, or whatever it is, Danny is Danny, and he's a diva. And yeah. this is something we need as well. DJs are too boring lately sometimes, <laughs> yeah. or just too stupid. But he was, he was all that that I knew from Studio 54 or from that time. He was all that. And I was blessed touring with Timo Maas in, in the United States, and I did that track, Fat Dope Shit, and he picked that track. And my insp- this track was inspired by Danny Tanaglia. And then Danny picked that track was for me like... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what else now, you know? And I had the opportunity to meet him and uh, he was just cool. And till this day, Danny is Danny. He didn't change. Not even a single drop. Nothing.
0: He's got a very powerful mind. He's that a very he's, intelligent he guy. He knows
1: what he wants. <laughs> it's him. He's doing his thing since day one. and. Uh, I I, I I understand that he doesn't like to produce anymore, because, but he got his reasons. Danny is Danny. Danny is a library, you know? Yes. And it's great. It's great to have him still with us, you know? And that he still plays. He will play at height with Chris Liebing. That, that is something great, you know? A techno m- magic guy with Danny Tenaglia. That will be crazy. You have to be open-minded. Go there and be open-minded. Just yeah. see what they are doing. It might be not perfect, but it, it will it's a show something yeah it will be something special you know do you still do you still keep in touch with him do you see yeah yeah yeah. yeah, we're cool we're cool we're cool i'm i'm cool with all the old cats i don't like they don't like to be called that (laughs) (laughs) i'm 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 cool with all of them all of them i mean from day one they're my heroes if it's sneak if it's if it's if it's if it's uh, eddie folks if it's uh, mike huckabee a lot of guys i still maybe not 100 percent in contact but we still try when i'm in detroit i try to see the guys and to hang and to talk and kevin saunderson and everything i mean i'm i'm blessed that that all these respected artists and and heroes uh, open open their heart and and gave me their their ear and they listen to my music and they made make me a part of being a part of it you know mm. and still now i mean i've been there for so long but i see still myself as the the second, third generation, you know, and still looking up to these guys, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how long are they going to go on for, my Till end, hopefully, till the end, hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I and mean, back to where we were, Tanaglia, great example of a DJ with great variety. So, you're saying you quite like the shorter sets. I mean, how can you get so much variety into a short set? Won't you disrupt the flow? there comes the hip hop again, my friend. <laughs> Only hip hop DJ know how
1: to play a 30 second record. <laughs> see, that's the thing. I mean, I like my sets. My, when I started with classic house music and then it was like the French filter house, I discovered Basic Channel and all those deep things. So if I go on, you see it's like a DJ set. You know, classic house, filter. I know how to stretch and then later when i was at dc10 it was more chunky 121 terrace driven dark percussions and all that is for me when i play now i need all this somehow and i need to pack it all in a good set to keep still the energy alive and i love energy a lot lately but when i play in an after hour i like deep moody but still keep a level up and you can pack all this so the selection of the tracks becomes more quality much more quality because the track has to be on point plus the selection has to be on point you cannot switch from left to right but i was always known for switching left and right but keep keep mm. a certain thing alive a certain groove alive and that's the beauty of it and back in the days we used to call it layers you know you have an amazing groove and you just layer over it we used to do this with three turntables and and a a loop machine so i still have all this i still have my two turntables my loop so basically from the technique of djing nothing changed just the music is more fresh and not so long loops You know, Mm. so Mm. I come more to the point. I come more to the point. And when I see a a, a certain break, okay, this break, I can I don't extend the breaks as well that long anymore. In fact, people, when they send me demos or even my own artists, I'm like, bro, try to keep the break as short as possible. Try to shorten your track. Those 10 minutes, 11 minutes, I don't think you can reach the new generation with it. People, there is so much music out there. People don't have that time to digest the music and to understand what you want. And sometimes they're in a different mood that your music is produced for. So now, the challenge as a producer now is, it's just a new it's just a new, new, era of music. Mm. Keep it short, keep the breaks short, come to the point, keep it fresh, bring the electronic. Asset is back. You know, great. And most of the tracks which are bumping and which are cool are really 4.30, 5.40. You see it on my album. My album, all the tracks are short, most of them. I kept three club tracks, which are long, you know, but the rest come to the point. Boom, 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 boom. Mm. So you listen to it, you digest, you're like, okay, (laughs) you know. And later, if you want to play it in the club, you the DJ. Everyone got Ableton. Do your edits. I'm happy to see a million of edits of my tracks. Paco Ozuna just did now an edit of Moby. Great. He brought more kick in it. I'm like, wow, that's a good idea, that's cool, that's your interpretation, we need more like this.
0: Mm, mm. Back into the DC-10 days, when you played that first gig there, were you nervous about being yourself and mixing it up?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I was super <laughs> nervous.
0: I'm, I'm still nervous, sometimes <laughs> I'm...
1: I'm where was it last time? I was in Madrid and I was in the beginning super nervous, super. The people close, I don't know the club, I don't know the promoter. I didn't know any of the people are down on the dance floor. You're always sometimes nervous. It's easier for me to play bigger gigs when I'm far away and I can just do my thing. I'm doing my thing and I got you all, all you 4,000, <laughs> 5,000, 10,000 people. Ah. You know, I'm always nervous and, and especially why I'm nervous because I'm different. And I know I'm different. And I know the people are not getting what they are used to. So it might be disturbing for some people. And my duty as a DJ is being creative, being an artist, but also please the dance floor. So there are a lot of things you have to bring together. And there's a skills and know-how, because I trust what I play and what I'm doing
0: it might be disturbing for people. Love that line. So this coming in is another old Dice favourite and I think it really sums up exactly what it was that he brought to the table in the beginning. This wasn't an A side, in fact, it wasn't even a B side. It was a largely unheralded album track from Hard Floor, but it became one of Dice's main weapons in the golden era at DC 10, circle Loco. And at that time, it was pretty cool for DJs to stay in second gear and go no further, but then DICE would come along and drop something like this and it remind us all why we were there. This is Glop Glop. on earth do you find inspiration now because what got you to DC 10 what got you to that level you weren't DJing regularly you were taking the time absorbing information you weren't away every weekend DJing you were living it as a fan but once you became a pro house and techno DJ how you don't have the time to live it as a fan so how would you get inspired without been able to take the time out? Uh,
1: Easy. (laughs) Listening to music. (laughs) I'm listening to every fucking promo and every demo that I got on my email account. Everything. I filter them by the time when I see three, four times, no good. I unsubscribe. Or I see that name, he's sending me. uh, Not not demos, but I mean promos. Yeah. But demos, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. And this is how I dictate all those artists that they are on, on Desolat or wherever, you know, by digging. You don't have record shops anymore, unfortunately. So if I go to record shops, it is maybe in Detroit, mainly Detroit, I go buy records. And that, what, what do I buy? No new stuff. I just buy old stuff and I never go alone. I always have somebody with me to still teach me, to tell me, hey, what about this? The last time I was record shopping was with Seth Troxler for that uh, bus tour with Richie and That was a long time ago. And I was showing him stuff, he was showing me stuff. That was great. We went home, I think we spent 500 bucks each on records. <laughs> this is how it works these days. Or uh, now I have my, 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 my shelf and I still collect needs, then I order them on Discogs or something. But hey, I go to the party still. Um, there are sometimes I come in and out, yes but sometimes you know when i sit there and i make my plan with my agents and managers i always say okay i was touring enough with this kind of artists in front of me now i need input so i want to tour now the next four months i want the resident dj to open up for me and i want somebody to play after me and that was sometimes for the promoters why you don't want to finish the night why would i finish the night let me play my three hours in the middle and put somebody after. I can have a drink. I can go on the dance floor. I can talk to fans. They never get it. But then when the night was happening, they're like, wow, amazing. Because I'm not packing up and I'm leaving. First of all, I need a half an hour to pack up all the shit that I got with me, you know? So I'm staying, I'm listening to the, to the artists. I'm seeing what is happening. How is the reaction actually after me? And I don't like to finish as well with a big bang. Last week, I was in Torino and Yaya played after me. He played before and after. That was amazing. So what I do sometimes when I know the artist is sometimes I also play back to back with him. One, two, three, four records. So it's a smooth transition to him. Because I don't like to be, well, okay, I'm the headliner. I'm playing now my song, hands in the air. Okay, fuck you all. No. <laughs> you know, so the night is still going. Even if it's another hour or one and a half. And it's interesting what those artists pull out sometimes and how they kept, keep the energy moving, you know. And for me, it's also a challenge because I always play for the DJ as well. In the, thir- in, the, in the one hour in the middle, I do my thing. But if you're coming after, I'm playing for you. So the transition is great because I look for the club, I look for the party. I want the people to say, that was great. That was not a sharp break between the artists. I mean, if you do a sharp break, that's your problem. But i try to play for you. So this is how I still get inspired, how I discover people, how I listen. Sometimes after a gig, they tell me, come, let's go to Fuse. And you find me with Enzo Zeragusa on the dance floor, dancing, partying. And I'm like, wow, what are they playing? That's how it works.
0: <laughs> so who were the guys that taught you in the beginning? Who, who gave you... Who- taught you about the house b-sides who were the guys in the record shops who who were your inspirations in the beginning the record dealers no djs
1: record dealers nobody else was so was this back in dusseldorf back in dusseldorf back in dusseldorf there was the first the first store called sounds good used to be a label as well was a progressive label and uh, these two guys wilfried and Dieter. Dieter is funny I, i still see them they live close by it's so funny it's um Two two gay guys who come from the from a strong gay scene who lived in a time where they visited Studio 54. These two guys, they lived Acid House in London, they went to Hacienda in Manchester. They know all that. That was the best thing that happened to me. And I always, every time I see them, I have to hug them and kiss <laughs> them. I'm, like, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. You don't know how much you taught me, how much two teachers having two teachers in the record store this is most of the artists big artists or old schooler will tell you this you learn like you go to school you go to the record shop i used to go every day to the record shop. every day every day every day i go to the record shop every day because every day there was another dj tuesdays was the new new stuff came in on tuesdays this is how i got to know vladimir my label manager Every day there was another dealer. But with Sounds Good, these two guys, there was so much music for me to consume after hip hop. And they were so so amazing how they brought me slowly into that thing. Oh, listen to this. I know it's trance you don't like, but listen. Listen. And then you listen. You're like, actually, okay, that track is not but the B side or the A side or whatever. You always discover something which is like, this is gonna kind of land in my sets, you know. And these guys, they showed me back in the day the dritte raum, Hail Bob.
0: Oh, you know, oh, what they, they're a like, tune. listen to
1: this, listen to that, and listen to this, <laughs> and do this, and do that. And I'm like, oh my god, you know, and oh my god and and this is how it works and they are these are the ones who, who showed me the global underground CD series they they sold me the first well which one was it with digweed and sasha that green cd with
0: the northern exposure Northern exposure <laughs> yeah. you know
1: and 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 all that yeah stuff.
0: that was innovative there you was know? a lot of broken beats yes, in there man. a lot of a lot of edits a lot of Amazing. production mm.
1: this is how for me a mixed CD should be you know and, and, and that was the blueprint for everything. This is how I learned everything. But at the end, it's you. They can only show you, but you make the best out of it. You, is your selection. Mm. You know what is best for you. So
0: was it, was it Mark Spoon who sat you down and said you, you were <laughs> gonna be house from hip-hop? Who was it that converted you? <sighs> Converse?
1: Con- Man, if, I, if I'll tell you now which people I used to hang with, I don't even know if the young kids know this. There was this guy, Dahul. Meet at yeah. the loft Yeah, that was my homie. Uh, was, that was one who was always, I was I used to hang with him. He, he was like, come to Ibiza, come to Ibiza, come to Ibiza, all the time. And and, and most of this, like back in the day, uh, DJ Tauha, Paul van Dyke, uh, Tala, uh, Mark Spoon, the, Tanith, the list goes on. It's, it's a lot of, lot of old school DJs and Mark Spoon liked me a lot because he is hip-hop and in Frankfurt he used to hang with the hip-hop guys and later I I knew he was with Snap he was with with Moses Pelham he was with a lot of people so he in Frankfurt was always very hip-hop based you know because it was together the crews were hanging very much together or most of the techno guys they used to go on hip-hop parties or 80s parties so he he understood When he saw me the first time, I don't know, he he might knew something's going to happen. And he always say like, yeah, we're going to get you. Something's (laughs) going to happen to you. You're going to change.
0: And how long did it take for you to believe it? I don't know. Three years after. (laughs) So (laughs) three years. I mean, don't
1: forget, I was an active and very successful hip hop DJ by that time. And I knew these guys because of MTV and Viva when they did their parties or there was awards or something and i won any best dj award uh, in hip-hop and you get to know them you know and uh, like i said i was always open-minded and i was like interested like very nosy what is what are they doing what is this what is this music i was never a hater like this is bad i was always okay what is this and either it was something for me or it was nothing for me but it doesn't mean the person is an idiot so and this is how i discovered and i discovered these guys party hard yeah these guys are real
0: rocksters you know
1: and so uh, they who... partied
0: harder than the uh the hip-hop guys of
1: course man the hip hip-hop is easy hip-hop is very hip-hop is easy four o'clock the party's over bro <laughs> you know and hip-hop is easy hip-hop sometimes can be an aggressive party sometimes it could be a very cool sexy party sex is a lot a lot in hip-hop It yeah. must be sex you know and with techno and electronic music was different. I was like, wow, they playing sounds and people go nuts. Different. Me, I have to play slam, da, 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 and then I have the mosh pit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I see already the owner, oh, play, play different music, play different music. You know, there are three gurus here. They're going to kill each other. Man, stop it. And the girls love the mosh pit, you know, back in the day when it was not too aggressive. So, yeah, and you have he, and Mark Spoon and, and Dahul and everything, they're like, you have to come to Love Parade, you have to see this, you have to come to Ibiza. And then you, I was playing my set and it's somewhere Marlboro Jam, it was a hip-hop jam. And then you go visit them in the hotel and all of a sudden you see a television flying out of the window. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You know this only from Stories, Red Hot Chili Peppers or <laughs> yeah. something. These techno guys back in the
0: days, they were proper rock stars. They didn't give a fuck. What happened to Tahul? Does he still work? Does he produce? Yeah,
1: I didn't see him for a while. (laughs) The last time was three years ago or something. Um, I don't have his number, I don't have his email but I'm getting a spam from his email all the time. <laughs> and I wrote him back, he didn't answer, but I saw him some uh, through friends and, hey, say hi and everything. Uh, I hope one day I'm gonna see most of them. But most of like like I always we always get in touch, we text each other. There are some people from the old school that I'm still cool with. I'm cool with all of them almost, but that I'm still in touch with or something. Do you see Martin Botrich often? Yeah. Yeah, lately I didn't see him. Be- but lately means because it was Christmas. Before Christmas, you don't see anyone. Everybody is in the winter mode. Then it's Christmas. Then everybody is away for January for vacation. And then now in February, I was I was in Thailand. I took a took a break, so I had no phone, nothing. I didn't talk to anyone. So but I'm working just the last two weekends. I'm slowly getting to it. I'm slowly working on my emails. He wrote me an email. He said to me, "I miss you, bro. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why you're not texting me?" So I will text him later. <laughs> <laughs> so are you gonna work together again? Yeah, soon? yeah. When the time, when when there is time, when when he when there's an idea. Ideas are always there. It's just a timing thing. He lives now, I think, in Barcelona. He just finished his album where I was with him on the Collaborator album and he had shit lots to do. I know Martin, so I can imagine that he was way behind deadlines <laughs> and trying to make it work somehow. And that was the reason we didn't talk for like an hour, three, four months or something. <laughs> but we, we, we were emailing, we were emailing a lot. So are you, are you working on an album, a new album at the moment? Yes, there is a new album which is almost finished. I'm working on a new project, which is almost finished. I'm working on another project, which is not finished, but we're working on, and and another project. I have at this moment almost five things cooking. I'm also an executive producer for a new artist that is going to do amazing new music, where I'm just uh, an executive. That means I let him do his ideas and everything. He's working with my engineer. And I just come in in the night and I arrange that track, or I edit it, or I add things to it. So I'm just an executive. Oh, I'm just that, over-watching that's classic! From this. That's like Trevor Horn, Pete Waterman. This is what I always <laughs> wanted to do, and this is what what Loco Dice production used to be. I mean, I'm not that guy who sits in the computer and works from morning till nighttime. That's Martin. Martin that's that's Martin. Martin likes to do this, but Martin would be nothing without me on the Loco Dice track. A Loco mm. Dice track is nothing without us both. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. But at the end now. Now, uh, I work with, with with an engineer, and still you will discover local dice, you know? Of course, the new, the old people will say, oh, what happened to you, you're not sounding like Seven Dunham. i like, fuck you, man, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to sound like Seven Dunham plays, man, that would be, you know, the worst thing that can happen to me is when people say to me, you still sound like back in the days. I'm like, but really? Yeah, That's time a diss, man. Really, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> The very idea that Dice gets spam email from Dahul, I just find this funny. Uh, But sadly, we're out of time, and we've barely scratched the surface, I suppose, of, of what Dice has done across his whole career. But that's well documented. What I really wanted you to get from this was a trip inside his encyclopedic mind. And you know, he says Danny Tanagli is a library. Well, Dice is a library too, no doubt about it. And whether you like his music or not, you've got to admire someone who's made such an effort to get out of that comfort zone and open his mind to other people's creativity. He really is one of a kind. And I'll leave you with a track from his partner in crime in the desolate empire, Martin Buttrich. This is a remix of the Far East band, The Call Up, and it came out way back in the day when he was best known as the mix engineer for Dice and for Timo Mass. Of course, now he's a massive artist in his own right, but this is still the track I'll always associate with him. Stick with it.